Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. It's just an honor to be with you guys another week. Uh, real quick, May the 2nd. Uh, it's going to be a really important date, so put this in your calendar. We're going to really uh, have, have a time together where we unpack what is this Midtown community. We've articulated in, in paper form, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. If you want to know more, you can connect with us on our website. Check it out, midtownknox.org, and you can find all the information there. It's called Next Steps. Just click Next Steps, and you can come be a part. It's not only Next Steps to identify what the church is, but it actually is about our spiritual development. It's actually going to identify for you or with together uh, our spiritual gifting. So if you're interested in that, you can connect with us, midtownknox.org. Next Steps, and that will be for you. Check it out, May the 2nd. Look forward to seeing you there. Uh, also, another amazing thing, and we're so excited about this, we continue to see life change week after week. And on Easter Sunday, uh, we had somebody pray to uh, give their life to Jesus. And uh, I believe this was really, really special. And I can't wait for her to continue to share her story with you maybe in the days ahead. But uh, uh, join us in celebrating uh, life change in baptism. Hey church, uh, we're about to celebrate uh, because I believe even today that he's turning graves to gardens. And so this past Easter, uh, Miss Carly uh, made a decision to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And I love, Carly, I love how you described this to me because when we talked, you said it was like a clearing. When you, when you really consciously called out to Jesus and it was your decision, when you called out to Jesus, that's exactly what happened. He imparted to you life, and it came right then through faith in Him. And we, you took a little bit of a roundabout to get here, and we can acknowledge that, and that's okay. Uh, earlier in your life, uh, you found yourself here, and you talked about just following your friend to help her feel kind of at home in her decision. But you said it wasn't until this Easter Sunday, and that wasn't just at an Easter service. That's you being a part of life group. That's you being a part of kids team. And that's uh, Tori over here, right? That's your girl, Tori, give her a shout. Come on, Tori, yeah. And that's your girl, Jen. And just all of these people walking with you to help you not just understand or hear the message, but to really understand it and to experience it. And it was that experience and then coupled with the message of hearing that you receive. And so my sister, what is your declaration today as you come before the church, what are you here today saying? I no longer want to live a self-fulfilled life. Come on. I don't want it to be about me. I no longer want to bargain with my life. And just that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. He's the only one who can do anything about my flaws, my weakness, but I'm not afraid to show it to him. Yeah. And that he is just the Lord of my life. Everything about him is just beautiful and loving. And yeah. It's everything. Come on, girl. Yeah. So based on that commitment, one other question, do you commit to follow him all the days of your life uh, together with the community of believers, his body, the church? Come on, girl. Yeah. We're about to celebrate, y'all, so let's throw a party. Uh, based on this profession, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of Jesus, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk a brand new life. Come on. Woo! Today, I am very excited because I'm joined with one of my dear friends, Andrew Fox. Andrew, thanks for being here, Thank man. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Yeah, I appreciate man. it, man. It's such an honor to uh, have this conversation. I pray this is just a blessing today. There's a lot that we're going through as a community right now, and I believe this conversation is going to be very important for it. Hey, uh, summer's also coming up, and uh, there's a few things that I'm really excited about summer, Yeah. and I have three little kids, oh, one man. on the way 
and my fourth is on the way, going to be coming summertime. <laughs> so my summer's going to be a little bit different than yeah, that. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But a Andrew, what's your what's like one of the things that you look forward to when summer begins to come? I'll tell you what. One of the things I look forward to is playing golf. Yeah, yeah. When the yeah. game goes my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one likes teeing up and hitting it in the woods. And, no. What's your favorite? Like dr driving the ball, chipping the ball, putting? I would say probably driving the ball. Yeah, yeah. Driving. Takes the most power, right? Only when it's straight. Yeah, when, when it's, it's straight. Not in the woods. Yeah, no. Yeah. Golf is the weirdest <laughs> sport because it's like, it's either the most fun sport, in my opinion, or it's like the worst. It's the not best the best day of your life or the worst day of your life. It's really no in between. <laughs> golf is like so frustrating. Yeah. And uh, I, I enjoy golf as well, but it's, it's one or the other for me. So I love it or hate it. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you one thing that I, I, will, I will not be doing this summer. Will not. Okay. And maybe you have one of these too. But <laughs> a couple years ago, uh, I don't know if, if you guys have ever done this, but like on the Tennessee River, you can like ride your boat down the river and there's these like giant rock formations cliffs. that you can, yeah, they're like, we call them the cliffs. And, uh, or is it the bluffs? I don't know what they call them. They're scary either way. If, whatever. Yeah. You, you, you <laughs> drive up to these giant rock yeah. formations on the side of this river and you climb up and like from the boat, it doesn't look so bad, but I, I, my friends like rolled up there and, and when you roll up to these things, like there's like an army around this rock formation. The onlookers. The onlookers. Yeah, there you go. And I figured like, wow, there's a lot of people climbing these rocks and jumping, you know? And I see people like a steady stream of people jumping off. And my friend's like, Jay, you like to do crazy things. You should do it. And yeah. I was like, yeah, why not? It doesn't look so bad. It's, this is great. And I get out of the boat, I swim over, I climb up this rock formation. I get to the top only to find that the line is not so big, you know? And slowly, one by one, people are like jumping off and it's my turn. And I like get to the edge of this thing, y'all, and I see the army of boats. Oh, and right. I realize they're just watching. But they're watching for a reason. <laughs> they're watching. Why do you watch NASCAR, right? Right, right, just, just in case. Fast. Like you don't know. But they are waiting for somebody <laughs> to just belly flop into this yeah. water or die. You know, they're just wanting to see a scene. And so when I realize this, I'm like looking out and I start to imagine what could happen to me. Like when I jump, will I pass out and then my body go limp and then I just face dive, you know, <laughs> from 30 feet up? Like, I don't know. And then I pictured this like army of boats like coming by and like having to take taking me to pictures. the hospital. Yeah, taking <laughs> pictures first, right? Getting on their video, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is live. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm standing up there and I'm about to jump and like I'm starting to get really like really scared, like kind of shaking scared. And I, I stand there for a minute and then I hear this like this little tap on my on my leg and this I mean little boy like probably elementary school. Yeah. He looks at me. And I look down at him and he looks up at me and he goes <laughs> oh, with this little squeaky voice. He's like, "Are you going to go?" And I was like, "Do you want to go?" He was like, "Sure." And he just like walks over to the edge, just no hesitation, no just fear. jumps right off. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like that kid could do that, but I'm not able to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I step up again to try to do it. And my body like freezes this time. And I'm feeling like everything, my face is flushing. Wow. I can feel the embarrassment. And I feel like everyone in the army of boats is starting to like jeer a little bit, you know? <laughs> Probably not, I don't know. And, uh, and so I, I stand there so long. This is what, that kid had jumped off 
and he had made it all the way up again. Of course. And come up to me. I feel tap tap tap, <laughs> and goes, "Are you are you gonna go yet?" Now that's intentional. And I was like, "You can go." <laughs> <laughs> and when he jumped, like it was just too much for me. So I'm like, you know what? Like I don't care if I die anymore. Like this is so embarrassing. I'm just gonna jump. And so like as soon as that kid jumped, like he's out the way, I jump. But I found. Like, it's such a funny little illustration, but I was thinking about the things that, like, rule us. Like, the fears that we have are, like, so real. All the things in my mind that played forward in my mind, it literally, like, manifested in my yeah. body. Like, I could feel it in my my muscles were getting tense. Like, I was almost, like, sore because I was so scared. Yeah. And And fear has such an ability to control but like create this loop in our mind that plays over and over. And as it plays over and over, it doesn't stay the same size. It gets bigger. bigger right. It gets bigger. And, uh, and, and honestly, like that's some of the stuff we're facing in our community. I think some of the thoughts that we have and the fears that we have in, of 2020, I think are playing over and over in our mind. So what do we do about these fears? And I asked you to come because I thought it was such a cool encounter we had. I've told many of you guys, we walk the streets on Tuesday nights and we just go and we share whoever God sends us to. And you've walked with us a couple times now. And I know that like, even that idea of fear, you've really processed through that by stepping into something that's like really different. Tell everybody like what it is that you stepped into. What did you experience? What did you work through? Bring us into like your I guess, view of it. Yeah, sure. So I was looking for a way to grow. I was really looking for a way to to seek Jesus. I felt like I wasn't living up to my potential, really. Um, I was leading a small group, um, but I wanted to reach people that were far from God. And then, and hearing you walk around and, and doing that firsthand, I was like, wow, that's the front lines. Mm. That's the front lines. And it was scary. It was extremely scary. <laughs> but in my heart, I knew that Something that's scary would help me grow, right? It would stretch me outside of my comfort zone. Well, if you could put it into words, like what, what what do you think it was that was scary? Like, could you name it? Can you can you See, identify? That's the thing. Is no, I can't. Yeah, it was just scary. Yeah, it was it was kind of irrational. You know, as you think through fear, you, it begins to unravel. Yeah, and it's not. And and you jumping, you found yeah. out that it wasn't as scary as you thought it was. Gonna right, be. right, right. You didn't right. explode into flames, or, <laughs> yeah. or everybody run you over with their boats. <laughs> It, it wasn't. It wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. And what pro- did you think it was going to be? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I really did try not to think about it. I yeah. just I wanted to make the step. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good way to say it because like what did you think it was going to be? I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. But I might have created something, but I really didn't know. Yeah. So I think that's the most honest, honest answer. But so like the, we went walking this Tuesday. Right. And. Um, we are walking to go eat after we kind of finish up, wrap up the day. Mm-hmm. And how were you feeling at the end of that day? Honestly, not so good. Yeah. Because everybody got words from the Holy Spirit. I didn't feel like I got anything. I didn't feel like I could reach out to anybody. Yeah. Which is kind of a selfish thought, right? Why, we're, well, why did you, was there anything that played into that for you? That, like, and I was, oh, I was getting attacked by the devil all, yeah. all day long. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What in what way do you when you say that like what do you perceive as like those were the attacks was it like thoughts uh, that in just general perception really like negativity bringing you down you can't make a difference yeah. you can't reach these people's lives you've been beaten up all day you don't have the energy to be out here yeah yeah 
you need, you know, you should go home. Yeah. <laughs> so you retired. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Showed up after work, coming out there. And so you, that walking through the whole time we had done that, yeah. we, we pray together at the top. We ask God to speak to us. And then we write down what we believe that God sends us to or gives us. And then we go look for it on the street. So everybody knows what we do. Right. You, as you're up there, you're praying, you don't feel like you get this strong word or anything, but you go walking. Right. Do you talk with anybody that day or are you just kind of walking? We talk. We engage with several people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there was any anybody that was really prominent. I mean, Quinn engaged with several people that yeah. we had seen. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that were wanted us to send good vibes out in the universe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but nothing, I don't think anything extremely impactful until yeah. that event. So, so we're walking after we kind of finish and we start to go to eat. Yeah. Uh, what is, uh, bring us into your side of that, I guess. I, I, I looked at you and I was like, hey, let's practice hearing. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And I just prayed for you. And I said, hey, uh, Father, tell my brother what's going to be right in front of the place where we were going on Gay Street. We're going to go eat on Gay Street downtown. Yeah. Right in front of the grill, downtown grill and brewery. Right. So you just asked me, right? Yeah. So you close your eyes. What do you see? So I did. I closed my eyes. And I saw a short little bald man. Yeah. <laughs> in front of the, the restaurant. Yeah. And was it like an imag like almost like a imagined picture in your mind? See, How does that work? I think in, in we grow like we it's listening to the Holy Spirit is, is something that you grow into, right? It takes it takes a lot of practice. And I think a lot of times I am so eager to hear and want to see something, I kind of form it into what I think is mm. Is, is that vision was just, it was like a flash right yeah. in front of my head. I didn't, I didn't initiate it. It was just poof, right there. Yeah. And, and the way that you asked me so quick and the way that I responded was bald men, yeah. like a little bald man. Didn't think about it. No. Didn't process it. It no. came, it came immediate upon prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And so we round this corner and we're walking down Gay <laughs> Street and we're, yeah. we have the full eye view of this street. And I remember looking and there is nobody when we are walking. There's nobody. And I said, I remember praying. I'm like, Lord, I know there's going to be somebody. Yeah. Thank you. I started thanking him. I really did. I'm like, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, thank you, God. Like, I'm excited to see what you do. Yeah. You know? And so we get a little bit closer. And what this next door, it's not even the, the it's not even the restaurant that they walk out of. It's the, the next door in front of it. This whole family walks out, right? And, and what do you see? The first thing I saw was him, a short little bald man. And he, he kind of like permeated through the crowd. And I was like, Whoop, there he is. What were you thinking? I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified because I didn't expect to see anything. Yeah. And then now there he was. And, and I'm, I need to go talk to him. What am I going to say? <laughs> I remember you told me, that you said, honestly, I didn't want to see anything. Yeah. I didn't really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can process it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and well, so, when you see the Holy Spirit, like, like when you see the like the thing that it happens right in front of you, yeah, it's like holy crap, it's real. <laughs> and you yeah. ask for it, so now you have to you have to act on it. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to or not? Yeah. <laughs> You're like it really. And so I was looking at you. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? You like go talk to him. I was like, are you gonna come with me? <laughs> So we get to the corner, yeah. and this family's there, and we're going back and forth, like, yeah, you're like trying to push me along. Like, go. go talk to him. And uh, we, the crosswalk happens. We go to the other end, and then chase he, this guy across the street. <laughs> He's with his family, mm -hmm. and tap him on his shoulder, um, 
and um, I said, sir, sir, it took me a second to get to him. Sir, sir, you know, I've been, what did I say? I've been seeking you. Or, I, you, you said, I, I don't remember. Like, we, we prayed. I knew, and... I knew my purpose was to pray for him. Yeah. That's all I knew. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I explained what we were doing. We're, we're down here, um, downtown, walking around with my friends. And we asked um, for somebody to pray for, for somebody to seek. And he's shown me you. And, and so I came in and sought you out. And he'd been saved on the street. Yeah. When he was when 19. He, when he was 19. Yeah. In, a, in a similar fashion. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. He, said, he literally said, somebody walked up to me when I was 19 on the street and shared with me out, uh, that verse, if you lose your life for me, you'll find life. And he said, so it weighed heavy enough on me that yeah. I chose life. He said, he said uh, I'll never forget this. He said, yeah, uh, 50 years later, I found that it's absolutely true. Yeah. And there's the joy. Joy of the Lord was on this guy 50 years later. Yeah. But I just thought it was such a cool picture that not only did God send you to him, but I feel like that encounter was just as much for him to speak to you. To oh, say, yeah. oh, hey, yeah. listen, like, absolutely. Hey, uh, somebody reached me doing what you're doing. Yeah. And it mattered. Thank you. You know, yeah. and uh, I just thought that was that was so special, man. Yeah. And um, I'm thankful that you stepped in that way in faith, because I know everybody with us was like. <laughs> what? Yep. Yep. I thought it, it, the the father was saying, "See, it wasn't so bad. I took care of you. I gave you the words to say." Yeah. I thought that I would be so nervous or overcome by anxiety that I wouldn't be able to get a word out. Yeah. Or this dude may run away from me. I don't. I, yeah. I don't know. Right. But it, it couldn't have turned out better. Would you say? What would you say is like one of the things that you've you've learned or gleaned from walking two times now? Or how three times to trust God. Yeah, to trust God because He'll give you the words to say in the yeah. moment that you need to say. And you just have to show up and say yes. Right. That's even as you say it, you say it with the confidence because you've experienced it. Your faith has grown. You've sought to grow in your faith, right. and your faith has grown through the experience of discovering that the word is true. Absolutely. I understand what you're saying. I'll never forget the first time speaking in front of a crowd. And I know God had called me to do it. I know. Like I was praying about it. <laughs> and I was like, God, if you want me to, if you want me to speak in front of crowds, like have somebody call me. And yeah. I will yeah. never forget it's the like next that. week this lady calls me and was like, we mm. heard guys moving in your life. Like, would you come to our school assembly and talk? And I was mm. like, now's the moment where I like say yes or no, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah, nope. And I just told her, I was like, whatever the furthest date you have on your calendar, put me, put me on the last. <laughs> there you go. I literally did That's that. That's a I'm half like, yes. I'm like, I'm going to prepare for the last moment. You give me the last one you have. And I'll never forget doing that, man. And But stepping in that same way yeah. and being like, yo, he showed up. And and his word is true. And he was with me. And I'm, the same thing you're experiencing on the street. He's growing my faith all the more just to know that, like, Yo, I'm your dad and I love you and I'm with you. I'm never going to yeah. leave you. And so maybe like, I don't know who's listening to this right now, but like maybe you just feel like God has left you. And I encourage you, uh, step in uh, in the way that God invites you to and you will experience him in a fresh way and you're, you're allowed. Part of that experience though comes through being a part of the church, man. So like you're drawn to this because of somebody in the church that's encouraged by the Lord, 
you are encouraged to draw into that encounter and experience, but it really comes through the church, that community of believers. And so I think one of the, one of the scariest things is just to be a part of a community where your flaws and failures get seen mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? Absolutely. But the beauty when you enter a gospel-centered church is, I've got your back and I know you've got mine. Because guess what? I know that you're not a perfect person and you know that I'm not either. But we're saved by one king, one savior, and his name is Jesus, and his grace covers all. And he has sent us on a mission together. That's a journey worth going on. And so I just want to encourage, like, I don't know where you're at today. I have no idea what you're walking in. But I want to tell you that God loves you so much, and uh, he invites you to be a part of the church and as you step in, maybe that's your step of faith that's kind of scary. Uh, step anyways. And I promise you, it's there in that place that exactly what you said, growth is available and growth will happen. And is it, is it just as good as you expected? Oh, even better. Even the power's better. there too, man. Yeah, yeah. The it's just there. better, man. It's better than you expected. Yeah. I was thinking about uh, living inside of fear. And if you live in a fearful place, I know I do sometimes. I step back into this fearful mindset. Yeah. And if you live in fear, um, I want to tell you you're not alone. And I want to read to you uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And I want to read this passage. It's what Paul, Paul uh, laid out to the church at Corinth. But he said, he said this, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. It is the greatest importance for you to hear this. He says, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. So he, he starts by saying one of the most important things, this is the most important, that Christ died mm-hmm. according to what the scripture says, and he died for a purpose to take away the sin of the world. Anyone who comes to Jesus, sin is absolutely covered, forgiven, got cast out as far as east is to the west, absolutely gone. But he doesn't stop there. And I believe if we want to grow today, you can't stop there either. So let's grow together. The second thing he says is uh, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So here's what we know as we walk on the street, and here's what gives us great confidence, is that Jesus isn't on the cross and he's not in the tomb either. He's seated in a heavenly place, in a place of authority. And what it says is like he conquers death so he's not still on the cross. And I think some of us, when we, when we pray or we think of God, we see him still in this place of cross mode or in the tomb mode, but we don't see Jesus for where he really is. He was exalted in the place of heaven. And his final words are so important because he says, hey, guess what? I'm gonna be with you always, even to the end. So I'm gonna be in this place of all authority. And he says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, because that's true, you go, I'm with you. So in that kind of, if you can receive that, and believer, one who's called on Jesus, when you receive that, you have a different kind of confidence when you know that the biggest authority is seated in heavenly places and he's with me, for me, in me, through me, to me. He's with me and he's not gonna leave. Now, I can be assured of some things. (laughs) Let's go in that kind of confidence. There is where a lot of the dynamite experience of God begins to happen. This is available to anyone who would receive it. Anyone. But then Paul talks about something else. He says, 
uh, in, in verse 5. Also, that he appeared to Peter or Cephas, and then he appeared to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more, more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living and some who have fallen asleep. So At the same time. At the same time. So he, <laughs> it, that's at the end of Jesus' life, and we'll get to that part in a second. But the first guy he shows up to, he shows up to Cephas or Peter. Do you know, do you know what happens, like the last experience Peter and Jesus have together before he shows up in this way? Do you know what that is? Where he denied him three times. Yeah. So he's in the courtyard and Jesus is about to be crucified and Peter's there behind by a fire. Followed him, yeah. Yeah, he followed him in the in the guy's like night. It's yeah. like night, yeah, he's got his like hood up, yeah. you know? And he shows up and this lady asks him, like, aren't you with this guy? And he's like, No, I don't even know him. And he ends up cursing. And this rooster crows three times. And the scripture says that as the rooster crows three times, Jesus looks over at Peter and their eyes meet. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you feel there? Yeah, how do you feel? But it says in that moment that Peter runs away and weeps bitterly. Oh. I and, oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Like, I can feel that. And I, I have at times lived in such guilt that, like, I said I would never go back. I said I would never deny him. I said I would never do these things. And yet I find myself sometimes in positions where I'm like, how could you, Jay? Mm -hmm. How could you? And you see Paul letting people in to the fact that after Peter does this, Jesus shows up specially to him. I came to him first. <laughs> Maybe as we think about this passage, like that's where you're sitting today. You're like, I said once upon a time I would never. And yet I, I pray that this passage is such a blessing to you as we think about the fact that Jesus shows up to a guy who said, I would never. And yet he does in the worst kind of way. Yeah. At his most vulnerable place, he denies Jesus. And Jesus shows up to him. I would love to know that conversation. I would love to have heard it. I wish it was, I wish it was said. But he doesn't just stop with Peter. It says that he goes on to the 12. Now, we know that Judas is not there. He's actually hung himself because of what he did. And the 12 is not a number. It's, it's actually like an identity of this crew of people that we know the 12. Like these are the disciples. So mm -hmm. in, in the Greek language, it's not like a number. It's, it's an identification of this group. But he shows up to the 12. And do you remember what the 12 are doing? Mm -hmm. the, the 12 are actually gone back up to this room together. And they've locked and barricaded the That's door right. yeah. because they were afraid that the people would be looking for <laughs> yeah. them too. Logically, that's where like, you would go. Jesus right? is getting crucified, like they're coming for us. They're coming for us. <laughs> but the, the barricade that they had created and the wall that they had made sure that nobody could enter. I love the story because it says that Jesus like passes through the wall. <laughs> and it, oh, it speaks so good. Yeah. And some of us have just created so many walls mm -hmm. and we've barricaded ourselves uh, behind these great barricades that we feel really safe in. But uh, Jesus passes right on through and, and he, even, he says to them like, hey, peace. Hey, listen, like I'm alive. I'm here. <laughs> the cross is not the thing that held me. The grave is not holding me right now. Like I'm here with you. And he, he honestly, he rebukes them a little bit to believe like, hey, believe me. Like yeah. you didn't believe me. No, I'm the I'm legit. I told you, I told you this was coming. Yeah. But he doesn't leave them there in that place of like, 
just beat down. He lifts them up and says, like, peace be with you. Like, let's go get this. We have a purpose. But he doesn't stop with the 12. He continues on. And he finds himself before 500 people. I believe the 500 people come at Acts chapter 1. Mm-hmm. And in Acts chapter 1, it says this. Here's like the final picture of this thing with Jesus. He said to them, uh, basically Jesus speaks to them, and they were asking about kingdom. And he says to them, look, uh, it's not the time for you to know the dates and times set that the Father has set by his own authority right. when the kingdom's going to come. Right. But he said, but you are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. I I love it because these, (laughs) these two guys, they look at them and as these people are like, Jesus is going into the clouds, you know? And they're like stuck looking. <laughs> and I feel like that's the moment where they're like, he's just gone. Like, what? what? <laughs> and he's he's gone and he went up into the sky and yeah. they're staring. And then these two angels show up and they're like, hey guys, like, why are you why are you staring in the sky? Yeah. He just told you that power was gonna come. Go prepare for the power. Go, go be ready. But there's such, like, I think it's just, it's in our nature of man to just believe what we want to believe. And we find out that when we truly trust the good father that we have, it was better than we could have ever expected or thought. But the true battle in this day, the true battle, the true battle is not against, it's not against race. The true battle is not against Democrat, Republican. The true battle is not against rich and poor. The true battle is not against this business and that competition, uh, forms of government. Like it's not, that is not the battle. The battle, the scripture says, is not flesh and blood, but it's principality and power. It's a force beyond this place that breathes in ideals that are not true. They're lies. When we receive these lies, then we begin to operate outside of the truth, creating chaos and destruction. Jesus invites us to come follow him. And I believe some of the destructive things that we have in our minds are maybe pictures of Jesus that aren't even true. What would it look like if we really believed Jesus, man? Mm. I mean, we really believed every word that he said. Absolutely. What you're beginning to step into is you're beginning to believe a lot more of the words he said, and you're beginning to experience a lot more of what he said. In would the you world's say eyes, it would look crazy. Right? <laughs> right? You look like you're nuts. Yeah. It, yeah. But because it's operating on a totally different truth platform, right? Absolutely. Would you say that that's accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's real power. Yeah. I mean, it's real. Yeah. I would say the same thing, like it's absolutely real. But I would say, I would ask you, and this is a good question for both of us, but like, are you a real, are you a perfect guy? No, not at all. I'm not either. <laughs> it's almost a humorous question. No. <laughs> <I'm close. laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have you out of here again, man. Why don't right. you tell your story? Okay. Yeah, because you've had quite a ride, man. You've it has a, been. 
You've had a really interesting story. Very interesting. Yeah. And we'll, we'll leave that for a cliffhanger yeah. for everybody. Yeah, a little teaser. Yeah. And I look forward to that conversation because what God is doing in and through your life now, man, you're really benefiting and changing people in a different way. You're allowing people to see a whole different side of reality. And that wasn't what you were about. No. No, me either. But you would say, and I would say, this kind of relationship with God is available to anyone. Anyone. Anyone who calls on Jesus to be their Lord, their Savior, their Master, their friend. When you call on Him, put your faith in Him, not in your own abilities, your own understanding, but you say, God, I'm putting all of my trust and faith in You and what You say. Then you're going to get God's life that He promised you. It's available to you. The challenge is and the battle is you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principality and power. So, as you call on Jesus, I believe that he will conquer a lot of those battles in our lives and he will meet you right in the place you are. You would say, Jay, this is too scary. Like, honestly, like, I'm afraid of this. Even in your fear, would you step in and see the story that I read today that Jesus meets Peter in his most vulnerable and challenged place? Peter ends up, his life ends up, him getting crucified upside down. Listen, a guy is not going to die for Jesus if that guy didn't do something absolutely incredible in his life and for his life. Peter got a taste of who Jesus really was. And when he believed on Jesus, the promise is what really gives us power in this day. And here's what I want to talk about. I want to finish our conversation is that there's a lot of stuff going on in our city right now. There's a lot of shootings. There's a lot of race tension. And, and I would just say like a lot of those things are, are absolutely real. But some of the fears that I think every side feels, whether you're on, the, on a police side, whether you're feeling like you're, I'm, on, I'm, on a, I'm on the black side, I'm on the white side, we can identify those things as whatever they are. But everybody's operating in a certain kind of truth and fear. And when we don't process this through the truth of Jesus, those fears can become something even more than we could have ever thought or imagined. And I know sitting in my seat sometimes, I fear like I'm not gonna know what to say because I don't experience that. Like I don't understand what's going on. But when I understand that it's okay to be in this place, but my brothers and sisters who are experiencing this pain and feeling these things, and I step closer into their world, and I simply have compassion where they are. Something can change a little bit. Absolutely. I heard a great analogy. Somebody said it like this. I have been in the delivery room. I don't know what it's like to give a baby. I don't know what it's like to birth a child. But my wife does. Yeah. And as I watch her in this state, I have compassion because I have no idea what it's like, but I'm sure she does. And I'm not going to tell her how to do it because I don't know what it's like. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit right next to her and I'm going to comfort her right where she is. And sometimes the best thing that I can do when I don't know what to do is meet people right where they are and do what Jesus did for Peter, 
do what Jesus did for the 12, do what Jesus did for the 500, do what Jesus did honestly for me. He met me right in my stuff, just met me right where I was, met me right fear and all, yeah. and I didn't fully believe him. I still don't fully believe him. I really don't. But he meets me at that place of fear every single time, and he walks so gently with me. And I would just say, like, in our city of Knoxville, Tennessee today, if you don't know what to do, I know somebody who does. And we can come to our Father because we have access to Him and we can talk to Him. I know this seems elementary, but right now, I just want to have a time of prayer for our city. And I want to remind you, uh, viewer, that you can have access to your Father in heaven as you just call on Jesus to be Savior. And here's the deal, call on Him. If, if that's not where you, what you've done and you don't know you have access to God who sits in the place of authority, you can by just calling to Him, speaking it by faith. Jesus, I want, I want you to forgive me and I want you to be Lord. I want you to be my father. I want that relationship restored with me and you. Do that. If you, if you call on him, it has happened. Now, let us know that that's happened. Now, if you've done that, then you have access to the father. If you say, what, well, Jay, my prayers, man, I don't know. We know. Yeah. Walk in the streets like, I don't know. God hears your prayers. Yeah. But like, I don't know about me. I want to tell you that because of what Jesus has accomplished, your voice matters and he hears you. If you don't know what to pray or how to pray, just simply say, hey, Father, would you cause prayer to come into my mind? Like, help me even know what to say. And it might not even come out well. It might be like, that was the dumbest thing. But watch what begins to come to your mind to pray for and then bring that to him. Bring him the things that you're afraid of. Tell him, talk to him. And ask him to meet you right in the middle of those fears that you may sit in today. Would you do that with me right now? Just right where you are. Just have a time with him. And let's ask him to meet us in our fears today. Father, today would you, would you meet us personally in our fears? God, those fears are not even too big and you're not afraid. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for displaying it on a cross. But thank you all the more that we can talk to you. And you're not, you're not on a cross or in a tomb. You're here with us. And so, God, we say thanks. And Lord, also, my, my community is ravaged. It's, it's hurting. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. Many of us don't know what to do, but you do. God, would you send some of us all of us, to those people in our lives or in our circles or maybe just at the grocery store, maybe it's at the gas station, wherever we are. And God, help us to notice the person who needs compassion. Help us to notice those people who may have the anxiety and fear. And would you compel us out of our anxiety and fear to actually be faithful to go? And Lord, we just say that we know that there's no power in ourselves to do it, but we know it's by your Holy Spirit. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon us in a powerful fashion in the moment when we need it and we can fully expect that you have. Those watching today, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would comfort them right in the middle of their life right now in the name of Jesus, right in that living room, right in that kitchen, right in that, right in that car, on that cell phone, right where you are. God, I just pray for your, your presence and peace that passes every bit of understanding to fall on my brothers and sisters as they listen. Now, God, we say, send us. We want to go with you because I know where you're going. You're going to those who are in fear. You're going to those who are hurting. 
and we want to walk with you. Send us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, as, as I know this is what's going to happen, God's going to send you to somebody uh, as you've asked him, as we prayed over this. Be aware when you go to the grocery store, when you go to the gas station, just know that God sent you and you don't have to have the words to say. Just connect with the person that you know it's almost like a, like I just know I have to talk to that person. You'll have this thought in your mind, I know I have to. And I just invite you to connect with that. Connect with that person. And if you don't know what to say, just pray for them or just talk to them, encourage them. And then here's what I'm gonna ask that you would do. Would you connect with us and tell us about that experience? Go to midtownknox.org and you can find Connect right, right on our website. And there's a form. And I want to just ask you, would you connect with us there? As God answers these prayers and as he does these things, it might seem so small. I don't care. I'm going to ask, would you share that story with us? Midtownknox.org. You'll see the link right here. And uh, I'd love for you to tell your story. And I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to do anything. But uh, I'd love to just connect with you over that story and hear what God is doing. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, let's expect the King because he's with us. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon.